The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri, translated by Courtney Langdon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Inferno, Canto Three, The Gate and Vestibule of Hell, Cowards and Neutrals, Acheron. Through me one goes into the town of woe. Through me one goes into eternal pain. Through me among the people that are lost. Justice inspired my high exalted maker. I was created by the might divine, the highest wisdom and the primal love. Before me there was naught created save eternal things, and I eternal last. All hope abandon, ye that enter here. These words of gloomy colour I beheld inscribed upon the summit of a gate whence I, their meaning, teacher, troubles me. And he to me, like one aware, replied, All fearfulness must here be left behind, all forms of cowardice must here be dead. We've reached the place where, as I said to thee, thou'lt see the sad folk who have lost the good, which is the object of the intellect. Then, after he had placed his hand in mine with cheerful face, whence I was comforted, he led me in among the hidden things. There sighs and wails and piercing cries of woe reverberated through the starless air. Hence I at first shed tears of sympathy. Strange languages and frightful forms of speech, words caused by pain, accents of anger, voices both loud and faint, and smiting hands withal, a mighty tumult made which sweeps around forever in that timelessly dark air, as sand is wont, whene'er a whirlwind blows. And I, whose head was girt about with horror, said, Teacher, what is this I hear? What folk is this that seems so overwhelmed with woe? And he to me, This wretched kind of life the miserable spirits lead of those who lived with neither infamy nor praise. Commingled are they with that worthless choir of angels who did not rebel, nor yet were true to God, but sided with themselves. The heavens, in order not to be less fair, expelled them, nor doth nether hell receive them, because the bad would get some glory thence. And I, what is it, teacher, grieves them so, it causes them so loudly to lament? I'll tell thee very briefly, he replied. These have no hope of death, and so low down is this unseeing life of theirs, that envious they are of every other destiny. The world allows no fame of them to live. Mercy and justice hold them in contempt. Let us not talk of them, but look and pass. And I, who gazed intently, saw a flag which, whirling, moved so swiftly that to me contemptuous it appeared of all repose. And after it there came so long a line of people that I never would have thought that death so great a number had undone. When some I'd recognized, I saw and knew the shade of him who through his cowardice the great refusal made. I understood immediately, and was assured that this the band of cowards was, who both to God displeasing are, and to his enemies. These wretched souls, who never were alive, were naked, and were sorely spurred to action by means of wasps and hornets that were there. The latter streaked their faces with their blood, which after it had mingled with their tears was at their feet sucked up by loathsome worms. When I had given myself to peering further, 
people I saw upon a great stream's bank. I therefore said, Now, teacher, grant to me that I may know who these are, and what law makes them appear so eager to cross over, as in this dim light I perceive they are. And he to me, These things will be made clear to thee, as soon as on the dismal strand of Acheron we shall have stayed our steps. Thereat, with shame suffused and downcast eyes, and fearing lest my talking might annoy him, up to the river I abstained from speech. Behold, then, coming toward us in a boat, an aged man, all white with ancient hair, who shouted, Woe to you, ye souls depraved! Give up all hope of ever seeing heaven! I come to take you to the other shore, into eternal darkness, heat, and cold. And thou that yonder art, a living soul, withdraw thee from those fellows that are dead. But when he saw that I did not withdraw, he said, By other roads and other ferries shalt thou attain a shore to pass across, not here. A lighter boat must carry thee. To him, my leader, Charon, be not vexed. Thus is it yonder willed, where there is power to do whatever is willed, so ask no more. Thereat were quieted the woolly cheeks of that old boatman of the murky swamp, who round about his eyes had wheels of flame. Those spirits, though, who nude and weary were, their colour changed, and gnashed their teeth together as soon as they had heard the cruel words. They kept blaspheming God and their own parents, the human species and the place and time and seed of their conception and their birth. Then each and all of them drew on together, weeping aloud to that accursed shore which waits for every man that fears not God. Charon, the demon, with his ember eyes, makes beckoning signs to them, collects them all, and with his oar beats whoso takes his ease. Even as in autumn leaves detach themselves, now one and now another, till their branch sees all its stripped-off clothing on the ground. So, one by one, the evil seed of Adam cast themselves down that river-bank at signals, as doth a bird to its recalling lure. Thus o'er the dusky waves they wend their way, and ere they land upon the other side, another crowd collects again on this. My son, the courteous teacher said to me, all those that perish in the wrath of God from every country come together here, and eager are to pass across the stream, because justice divine so spurs them on, that what was fear is turned into desire. A good soul never goes across from hence. If Charon therefore findeth fault with thee, well canst thou now know what his words imply." The darkling plain, when this was ended, quaked so greatly that the memory of my terror bathes me even now with sweat. The tear-stained ground gave forth a wind whence flashed vermilion light which in me overcame all consciousness, and down I fell like one whom sleep o'ertakes. End of Inferno Canto 3 Inferno Canto 4 The First Circle The Borderland Unbaptized Worthies Illustrious pagans. A heavy thunderclap broke the deep sleep within my head, so that I roused myself, as would a person who was waked by force, and standing up erect, my rested eyes I moved around, and with a steady gaze I looked about to know where I might be. Truth is, I found myself upon the verge of pain's abysmal valley, which collects the thunder roll of everlasting woes. 
so dark it was so deep and full of mist that howsoe'er i gazed into its depths nothing at all did i discern therein into this blind world let us now descend the poet who was death-like pale began i will be first and thou shalt second be and i who of his colour was aware said how am i to come if thou take fright who it wont to be my comfort when afraid the anguish of the people here below he said to me brings out upon my face the sympathy which thou dost take for fear since our long journey drives us let us go thus he set forth and thus he had me enter the first of circles girding the abyss therein as far as one could judge by listening there was no lamentation saving sighs which caused a trembling in the eternal air and this came from the grief devoid of torture felt by the throngs which many were and great of infants and of women and of men to me then my good teacher dost not ask what spirits these are whom thou seest here now i would have thee know ere thou go further that these sin not and though they merits have tis not enough for they did not have baptism the gateway of the creed believed by thee and if before Christianity they lived, they did not with due worship honour God, and one of such as these am I myself. For such defects, and for no other guilt, we're lost, and only heard to this extent that, in desire, we live deprived of hope. Great sorrow filled my heart on hearing this, because I knew of people of great worth, who in that borderland suspended were. Tell me, my teacher, tell me, thou my lord, I then began, though wishing to be sure about the faith which conquers every error. Came any ever by his own deserts, or by another's, hence, who then was blessed? And he, who understood my covert speech, replied, To this condition I was come but newly, when I saw a mighty one come here, crowned with the sign of victory. From hence he drew the earliest parent's shade, and that of his son, Abel, that of Noah, and Moses, the lawgiver and obedient, Abram, the patriarch, and David, king, Israel, with both his father and his sons, and Rachel, too, for whom he did so much, and many others. And he made them blessed, and I would have thee know that, earlier than these, there were no human spirits saved. Because he talked, we ceased not moving on but all the while were passing through the wood, the wood, I mean, of thickly crowded shades. Not far this side of where I fell asleep had we yet gone, when I beheld a fire, which overcame a hemisphere of gloom. Somewhat away from it we were as yet, but not so far, but I could dimly see that honourable people held that place. O thou that honourest both art and science! Who are these people that such honour have, that it divides them from the other's life? And he to me, The honourable fame which speaks of them in thy life world above, in heaven wins grace, which thus advances them. And hereupon a voice was heard by me, Do honour to the loftiest of poets. His shade, which had departed, now returns. And when the voice had ceased and was at rest, four mighty shades I saw approaching us. 
their looks were neither sorrowful nor glad my kindly teacher then began to say look at the one who comes with sword in hand before the three as if their lord he were homer he is the sovereign poet horace the satirist the one that cometh next the third is ovid lucan is the last since each of them in common shares with me the title which the voice of one proclaimed they do me honour and therein do well thus gathered i beheld the fair assembly of those the masters of the loftiest song which soareth like an eagle o'er the rest then having talked among themselves a while they turned around to me with signs of greeting and when he noticed this my teacher smiled and even greater honour still they did me for one of their own company they made me so that amid such wisdom i was sixth thus on we went as far as to the light talking of things whereof is silence here becoming even as speech was where we spoke we reached a noble castle's foot seven times encircled by high walls and all around defended by a lovely little stream this last we crossed as if dry land it were through seven gates with these sages i went in and to a meadow of fresh grass we came there people were with slow and serious eyes and in their looks of great authority they spoke but seldom and with gentle voice we therefore to one side of it drew back into an open place so luminous and high that each and all could be perceived there on the green enamel opposite were shown to me the spirits of the great for seeing whom i glory in myself i saw electra with companions many of whom i knew both hector and aeneas and caesar armed with shining falcon eyes i saw camilla with penthesilia upon the other side and king latinus who with lavinia his own daughter sat i saw that brutus who drove tarquin out lucretia julia marcia and cornelia and all alone i saw the saladin then having raised my brows a little higher the teacher i beheld of those that know seated amid a philosophic group they all look up to him all honour him there socrates and plato i beheld who nearer than the rest are at his side democritus who thinks the world chance born diogenes anaxagoras and thales empedocles heraclitus and zeno of qualities i saw the good collector dioscorides i mean orpheus i saw tully and livy and moral seneca euclid the geometer and ptolemy hippocrates avicenna galen averroes who made the famous comment i cannot speak of all of them in full because my long theme drives me on so fast that oft my words fall short of what i did the sixfold band now dwindles down to two my wise guide leads me by a different path out of the calm into the trembling air and to a place i come where naught gives light end of inferno canto four